glorious purpose. We're here to catch time criminals. Bye. You want to rule the universe? You better help us save it first. What could possibly go wrong? There's like a million things. I want you to help us fix it. It's not my forte. Pretend your life depends on it. I'm going to get a snack. This Wednesday, I am the god of mischief. It is adorable that you think you could manipulate me. Wherever, whenever, whatever it takes. You need the god of mischief to help. Unbelievable. Wherever you go, it's just death, destruction, the literal ends of worlds. I know. You can trust me. Hoagie, I've studied almost every moment of your entire life. You've literally stabbed people in the back like 50 times. I'd never do it again. Welcome to the team. Original series streaming this Wednesday. Bonus episode. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good at toxic, good at Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. Uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Hey, welcome to a bonus episode of Pop Culture Leftovers. This episode, we're going to be talking about Loki, episode two, titled The Variant. Oh, just t- was it called The Variant? I believe so. The, yes. The Variant. Yeah, I didn't know if they if they pulled a uh, a James Gunn with this one and added the to the title, or if it was just Variant. <laughs> Directed by... Be sure. Yes, The Variant. The Variant. Directed by Kate Heron, uh, written by Alyssa Karasik. Uh, she was... Uh, this is really her first like big writing gig, I, as far as I can tell. She was just been like in the past an assistant to producers on uh, TV shows like Bones and Backstrom. So like this is a big gig for this Alyssa Karasek. Good for her. Yeah, wow. I wonder how she made that leap from those type of like procedural shows <laughs> to this. I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, somebody, somebody like Kate Heron, somebody else like involved in Loki might have just brought her along. And I don't know, man. It's crazy. We found out that Kate Heron was just kind of like a huge MCU Loki fangirl. And, uh, that's how she got the job. I don't know how they, I don't know how, I don't know. I think Kevin Feige sold his soul to Mephisto, Jake. <laughs> he made a deal what? with the devil and it's like he could, he could pick no wrong. Like he could pick a random person walking out on the street and they could do the entire fucking season of, uh, you know, Ms. Marvel or some shit and it would be amazing. Yeah, ever since, like, what, The Dark World, he's been on fire with his creative picks. Like, that seems to be, like, the last really bumble. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're so right, man. It's crazy. I forget that schmuck's name. He was some Game of Thrones schmuck. Uh, that was uh, Alan Taylor. That sounds right. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, it was the game. <laughs> it was one of the Game of Thrones directors. They... All right, yeah, so this one, uh, titled The Variant... And uh, we've got we've got a couple guests on this one. We've got Neil. Welcome, Neil. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about this with you guys. Absolutely. And Joe Stark from the Starkcast. Hey, stoked to be here. Oh man, you come in, man. You come in. With... <laughs> That's what I do. Hey, <laughs> hey, I like that, man. You're like, 
<laughs> I don't know. Is it cheesy game show host? What is that, Jake? Or is it, yeah, I don't. Like morning radio zoo voice. Yeah. Hey, everybody. All right. I always, get, I always get the radio show guy one, or or like the stripper at the or the uh, the um, DJ at the strip club. <laughs> Coming up on the stage, Destiny. I think it'd be. I think it would. Be, I think it would be cooler if the strippers like talk like talk, talk to you like that. Hey, uh, hey, I'm gonna give you a lap dance. $20, hey! <laughs> hey, hope you like the smell of baby powder on your crotch. <laughs> nice deep cut there about the strip clubs. Oh, man. We all smelled like baby powder when we left the strip clubs, didn't we? Oh, man. Glitter where you don't want glitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, yeah, so um, first off, before we really jump into the episode here, and oh, and I forgot to mention Neil from the Smorgasbord podcast. Right. Yeah, right. I apologize. I, I, I gave I gave Joe all the fanfare. <laughs> uh, yeah. Before we jump into this episode, I I, I actually want to I want to hear what Neil's thoughts about uh, you know his experience with with uh, the first episode, and then also uh, open up your thoughts on the uh, second episode. And we're going to rate the second episode, and here is our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, Neil, so you've seen the first episode. Watch the second episode. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I I was really impressed by that first episode. Um, I thought they did a lot of exposition in a really fun way where it didn't feel like an expo dump um you know they, they basically set up this entire scenario real quickly real smoothly uh it was fun watching uh, tom hiddleston basically transform his 2012 like go back to the 2012 version of loki and then catch it like catch himself up to be in a, a closer um emotional state to the loki we saw die in uh infinity war so that was that was a really fun uh, way of doing it. I love the the relationship between uh, Mobius and Loki. I think that's a super fun like buddy cop kind of antagonistic relationship. Um, yeah, I, I tap for the first episode, and then for this one, I I really really enjoyed it as well because I thought it, the show was going to go one way, and then it totally zagged on me. Uh, that's one thing I've really been appreciating about it is you think you know what's going to happen next or or you think you can see where the series is headed and it totally takes off in a different direction and does something very different like i I, um that and then there were some very specific points in this episode that i really really liked i i like the uh interaction between loki and miss minutes thought that was really funny uh i liked seeing all the different loki variants uh, I love the theremin playing in, in the judge's office. That, that was a really fun musical choice. So I like that he, that he uh, spoke Latin when he was in Pompeii. You know, there's a lot of like really specific details that they get into in this, and it, it, it just livens up the world. So I'm going to Tupperware this episode as well, and I'm sure we'll get into more discussion about it as we go forward. No, we won't. We're going to end the episode here. Thank you. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Joe, I'm sorry you didn't have time. <laughs> well, hey, I'm happy you had me on. Hey! <laughs> hey, good night, everybody. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, no, Joe, what are, what are your thoughts on uh, Loki so far? Oh, this show has been great so far. Um, that, that first episode gave me... Uh, it just gave me so much hope for the rest of this season. I, I love how it picks up right where it does, where we see him exit Endgame. Uh, the the way that they brought the TVA in right away. Um, that I mean, that's a, an organization that uh, you guys said it in your last Loki review that, that everything in that Miss Minutes, you know, uh, presentation that he sees while he's waiting in line just reeks of uh, propaganda. Yeah, and yeah. and. Oh, I, I can't wait to see where they go with that because, and I, I we'll get into it more later. But I, I've got some theories, and um, <laughs> I'm trying to theorize on this one because I love doing it, but also keep one foot, you know, on the ground, <laughs> rooted in what I'm just seeing. <laughs> I, I don't want to go too whole hog like I did with Wandavision, but it was so much fun doing that with Wandavision, and I didn't really do do it hardly at all. You know, a Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but but with this one, it's like the concepts they're introducing in this. You know, mm-hmm. I, how do you not, <laughs> you know, just go on wild tangents with what could be? And um, I, I love what they're doing to set up, you know, Phase Four going forward with this. Uh, right away, they you know showing you all the Infinity uh, the Infinity Stones in that guy's desk drawer, and they're all depowered, and none of them mean anything. And so it's like, wow, this you know this huge thing that meant so much. In all the previous movies, it was a real deft way for them to say this stuff is minimized now, and in this new power that we're exploring here is, is greater than that if you can believe it, and and that's really exciting. Moving forward, um, uh, one of the the best revelations to me has been the chemistry between Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson. I mean, they they're just electric on the screen together. The way that they bounce off each other, um, and kudos to the MCU to just keep finding these pairs of actors that can do this. Um, you know, because we, we were complimenting, um, you know, the, the last series on that. And, um, you know, it's, it's just really fantastic seeing them. And that was one of my favorite parts of the first episode was all of that back and forth between Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston. And I love that we got to see more of that in, in this second episode. And the relationship even evolved more in a funnier way in that, you know, Loki's now trying to do more. Like, it, it's almost like the, the, the roles were reversed. You know, whereas Mobius in the first one was the one that was, hey, I'm positive about this partnership, and Loki's like, I'm super skeptical. And then the second episode, it's Mobius like, I'm skeptical of this, and Loki being like, no, no, you have to keep believing me, so I can somehow, so I can somehow trick you. I mean, this this, this whole episode was really fun in that dynamic. Um, I loved the jump back to Pompeii. That shit was funny. It was it was funny to see Loki act so silly, and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, uh, all the stuff with, uh, you know, seeing what the actual variant was and, and, and you know, the beginnings of, you know, the, this major part of her plan that she set in motion in this episode and, and all the things that that could mean going forward. So it's, it's super exciting and I, I can't wait to speculate about this more with all of you. Oh, God. You said you haven't gone, uh, you know, <laughs> a whole hog wild when it comes to you. That's all I've been doing. Joe, like <laughs> well, I'm doing it, but I'm also like firmly like keeping one foot back on the baseline, you know. The, the, a bit yeah. more reserved than last time, huh? 
a little bit. I'm not like this episode. I've, <laughs> I have, I have, re- I, this episode, I, like everything that I thought about, I knew about the first episode, some of it is still there. Some of it is out the window, but I think like I have, I think I've, I think, I hope I've figured it out. I think I have. I think I have. And we'll talk about our theories, um, closer to the end of the podcast, but I really do. I really do. And I think there's, I think there's some, some things in this episode, um, that kind of show us where this show is going to go. Uh, I think episode three is really going to open it up. And there's some quotes about episode three that I will be reading at the end of the podcast. But yeah, this was, um, this is a super exciting episode for me. I, I didn't think it could get any better than, uh, it did in the first episode. And I loved this episode twice as much as I loved the first episode. It is, I just thought it was absolutely fantastic. I, I loved it so much from start to finish. And, um, I think it, like that, like you said, the first episode is a lot of exposition, but they did it in a fun way. This one, I think, like they really just went forward in the story. Also, another thing, Joe, I think I don't think I think I think it's all bullshit, and I do think Infinity Stones and all that stuff did matter. I still think it did matter. I I think I think it's I think this is all bullshit. And I can't wait to fucking talk about that. But Jake, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna Tupperware the fuck out of this second episode. I loved it. Uh, I also Tupperware it. I don't, I don't think I gave it a rating. Uh, Jake, what did you what did you think about this one? Yeah, I'm right there with all you guys. I, I Tupperware the shit out of this as well. I, I loved it. There was just so much fun stuff. Um, it just really got moving after the first episode. Not that I thought the first episode was slow, but it was nice that you know we had all the heavy exposition out the window and we could just kind of get into it. Um, I loved the the salad metaphor Loki scene with Mobius was one of my favorite <laughs> scenes of the entire episode. Um, I love Loki just proving his worth on these missions. It wasn't just like, I hate that. It's kind of a stereotype of movies where it's like, we need this person to help with this mission, but you don't really see like the, the, the movie or TV show never shows the actual worth of that help. So it seems just kind of shoehorned in. And I thought Loki did a really good job in this episode, showing his worth, figuring out, you know, where Lady Loki could be hiding, you know, letting them know characteristics of himself that may be useful to, to stopping this person. And I thought it was really well written in that way to where it didn't just seem like just a plot device to get us to the next point. Like it actually made sense that um, Mobius would need this character to help finally, you know, do whatever his actual end goal is. But, but yeah, this just, this episode kind of just made everything even more confusing as to what's going to happen the next four episodes, like what the kind of end game of this series is. So man, I, I can't wait. Like Wednesday is such destination night TV because of this shit. <laughs> yeah. Let's, uh, let's, uh, so we all Tupperware, it's Tupperware party. That's fantastic. Um, let's unpack this one. Uh, I actually kind of, I want to go through some of the beats, uh, in, in the episode that I think are important to talk about. Uh, we got the episode starting at the Renaissance Fair in 1985. And, uh, you know, that's kind of cool. I mean, this show deals with time travel. What time travel movie came out in 1985? Back to the Future. Um, I also want to point out that when we get the date, if you can pause right at the beginning when the dates start flipping back, it starts with the date 2023 and it flips back to 1985. So I think even by like a baseline of like what time period 
we are in right now. I think they're still in the time period that the MCU is going in. I mean, WandaVision took place in 2023. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier took place in 2023. And maybe this is like the baseline even for the TVA and, uh, at 2023. So they're like right there with us. Even though they can look, you know, the timekeepers are going forward and untangling the sacred timeline and all that bullshit. <laughs> and I'm saying it's bullshit because I don't believe a word of it. Um, but uh, it looks like 2023 is probably the baseline for time here. And uh, they track this variant Loki to this golden green tent at the Ren Fair. Jake said, you know, he, he said it was Lady Loki. We find out later in the episode, I'm going to talk about this now, though, that uh, just like we had suspected, Lady Loki is played by Sophia DiMartino. And if you go to IMDb, she's listed as the variant. But on the international credits... At the end of the, it was, uh, in Spain, their international credits had her listed as Sylvie. They've since changed that. In the comics, uh, that is Sylvie Lushton, possibly. She's also known as the Enchantress. Enchantress. And, uh, basically when the Asgardians relocated from Asgard, uh, after Ragnarok to Broxton, Oklahoma, she's a girl that lives there. She wakes up with powers. And I think they find out later in the comic that she was imbued these powers by Loki or was it, was it Loki or was it like, there was a, there's another version of Loki that his name is spelled backwards. It's Eichel. Eichel. Yeah. I, I think, I think she got the powers from Loki though. I think it was Loki. I think it was Loki. If the Eichel stuff happened, then that was like some retcon stuff that happened later. Yeah. Uh, we then hear over a loudspeaker in the tent, uh, for a great battle is about to commence. The prize, our princess, will evil prevail or are we holding out for a hero? (laughs) And then we hear Jake's favorite song. Yeah, so holding out for a hero plays. Jake, I got everybody's fucking dying to know what was dude. I gotta, I've gotta imagine that after last week's regular episode that we did, where we talked about this showing up in the He-Man trailer, and you said that you absolutely hate that song, you hated the fact that they put that in the trailer, and it really dropped the rating of you know your uh, enjoyment for the He-Man trailer down to a taste it. I got to imagine with all those events happening and this happening in the episode that you weren't upset that you actually laughed your ass off. Yeah, it was pretty hilarious to me. I mean, it's not I don't I don't really hate the song. I just think it's a little bit overused in pop culture lately. It was it was kind of my complaint that they could have been a little bit more imaginative. Um, I'm a little bit more forgiving of its usage here. Uh, I got to assume that there's some kind of like also metaphor to why they chose to use this song. Right, it is a very odd choice. They're playing it during, you know, Lady Loki kicking ass. Well, we saw. We, I think that, of course, over the loudspeaker, I think like a great battle is about to commence. The prize, our princess, will evil prevail. Like that's all part of the Ren Fair. And we saw at the beginning of the episode, we saw the hooded figure in like the in like a room where there's a bunch of like you know equipment and mixers and soundboards and stuff like that. I think that that was Lady Loki going to play this song because it's you know it's a loki you know she's gonna fuck it she's gonna fuck with you a little bit got a little bit of a sense of humor yeah, yeah but uh, it does ask questions it asks questions like so is the is the evil you know lady loki is tom hiddleston's loki the hero or i mean i still think that we're gonna find out that 
Lady Loki is the hero and she's in the right and there's a good reason that uh, Lady Loki is going after the TVA. I think I think Lady Loki's the hero. If there is a secret meaning behind this, and I'm going to get to all that later, that's I think Lady Loki's the hero in the story right now. Yeah I, yeah, I definitely agree with you that the TVA is the bad guys. Yeah, I you know I work at six in the morning, and when I woke up to go to work on Wednesday when this came out, I already had three messages across different <laughs> social medias, and they were all like. Hey, no spoiler, but you're not gonna believe the song they play in Loki. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like, okay, that's pretty ham-fisted. Like, I, it's unfortunate that I went into this and it wasn't just the song came out of nowhere and I like about fainted from just it being that song. I, I did have the lead off for people that couldn't keep their trap shut about it, so. So I didn't get that natural reaction to, oh, my God, the song I just ranted about last episode <laughs> is now being featured on the like, biggest show of the week. <laughs> so a little I don't know how I would have truly reacted. I, I had a little bit of build up to it and was <laughs> anticipating them using it. I, I didn't expect it to happen in the first five minutes, though. I'll tell you that. Much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually got an email from uh, I got an email from David Hennessy. And he says, I'm pretty sure Kevin Feige is trolling both you and Jake. First episode, <laughs> first episode was the nod to Mephisto. And now the second episode hits Jake with the Bonnie Tyler song. Cue the music. Jake may just toss the whole series now. Thanks, David. Yeah. Next episode, we're going to see Loki shave his balls. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> this episode not brought to you by Manscaped, by the way, but. Head on over to manscaped.com. Use the code PCL20 for free shipping and 20% well, off the next purchase. He would just purchase. use magic, right? He, he wouldn't need a manscape. Man, he made, he made his fucking clothes dry in this episode. I kept yeah. thinking, like, I kept thinking of, um, of Back to the Future 2. Your jacket is dry when he did that. <laughs> that always looks so uncomfortable. <laughs> okay, so we see. Uh, that, uh, we know later on in the episode, it's Lady Loki. This is a spoiler episode. Um, we see Lady Loki has taken over, uh, Hunter C20, who's played by Sasha Lane. We've, I've seen her in other things. She's been in like some Netflix. She's been in some movies. She also was in Hellboy with, uh, the David Harbour one. But what's weird about this is I feel like it's, it's, she doesn't, she is, she's physically still there. She's basically taking over their mind, like projecting herself onto them. She's not like, I don't think she's, I think she's still present in her body when she does this because we actually see a hand come out of the shadows and touch Hunter C20. So I think she's kind of like, it's like a mind control thing going on here. So it's not like, it's not like, yeah, exactly. So it's like, kind of like, she's like, she's almost like a physical embodiment of the Mind Stone or something. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I see exactly what you're saying. That's, that's pretty cool. I never really thought about the power kind of in that scope. Well, think, okay, well, uh, later on in the episode, I'm kind of jumping ahead in my notes here, but like later on in the episode, you have Mobius who says, you know, we've got all these different variants of Lokis. You know, all of them are the same, can do these things, but they all have different powers as well. So that's one of her powers that we haven't seen this Loki do before. And also I wanted to point out that even our Loki did something I'd never seen our Loki do before in this episode when he fucking used telekinesis 
to pull that like oh, yeah. it was like that Roomba vacuum or whatever that he threw. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was wild. He's never done that before. I've never seen him do that in any previous Thor movies or Avengers movies at all. That was new. Yeah. It was like he was using the force. Yes, yes, great, yes. Great point. C20 uh, says she's told, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll talk about that later. I want to talk about that later because that doesn't happen here. Um, we do see, oh, God, I do want to talk about this. I want to talk about this. It's, it is later in the episode, but I want to talk about it now because I thought that this was super interesting and I talked to you guys about it. Later on in the episode when they catch up with C20, uh, Hunter C20, and Lady Loki picks up her time pad, she's holding up, like, it's that time pad, that device that she's got, and it has the selections on it. And one of the selections, you know, there's, like, settings, there's another, you know, thing that she can, that they can punch, but there's a, it also says time door, so they, they can push that and create a, a time door, those time doors that we see, those orange time doors. And there's also another function on the pad called Miss Minutes with like Miss Minutes picture on there. So I got a question like do hunters can hunters with this pad can they summon Miss Minutes on missions with them or like talk with Miss Minutes while they're out in the field? Because like the scene with Loki and Miss Minutes that we see later in the episode when he's studying and he's got like the computer up and she's physically reacting to Loki when he is trying to swat at her and you can actually hear her feet touching everything on the desk bouncing around and Loki asks if she's a recording or if she's alive and she says sort of both (laughs) I also wanted to point out that Miss Minutes when we get that shot in the first episode of the elevator Miss Minutes is an option on the elevator Oh, nice. Yeah, you can see a Miss Minutes button with the Miss Minutes character above that button. And there's also in the um, uh, propaganda video for the TVA, there's a wide shot of the TVA headquarters in animation. And you see the three statues of the timekeepers and they're holding up a screen with one single line going through it. Like that's, that's you know... Um, basically representing the stable one true sacred timeline. But towards the right, the bottom right of the screen, there is a smaller statue of Miss Minutes. <laughs> so I, 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 here's my theory. First theory I'm going to throw out there. Could Miss Minutes be the mouthpiece for the ultimate big bad in the series, keeping tabs on everyone in the TVA? Ooh, I like yes. that. That would be awesome. I love the idea of Miss Minutes being summoned and then doing something really badass. It's like this cute cartoon <laughs> character, you know, doing some crazy badass thing when it's like, oh, my God, they summoned Miss Minutes. <laughs> um, it makes me wonder now that Lady Loki has a time pad. Could we see a conversation between Lady Loki and Miss Minutes in a future episode? Mm. Oh, yeah, very possible. This mm. kind of reminds me of a badgie from Star Trek Lower Decks. Very funny. <laughs> yeah. See, I, was, I wonder if it's Miss, just. Oh, sorry. I was say, I was looking at Miss Minutes almost like a like the TVA's version of Siri, but <laughs> but but the way that she reacted to Loki in that conversation at the desk, it kind of proves that the TVA you know might have access to like an AI you know type technology. 
if that's what she is. But, but Brian, I like your theory that she might be the mouthpiece of the big bad. One of the reasons that I kind of think that, Joe, is we've seen the usage of hourglasses in the series. Um, in the, if you go into, uh, Ravana Renslayer's chambers, she's actually got a TVA logo there and you see a, the logo in the logo, you see, uh, an hourglass. Also the TVA itself, if you look at the letters, uh, the darker letters, the, the dark parts of the letters, they, they form an hourglass in the scene with Loki when she's, when he's swatting at her, um, Miss Minutes actually jumps on top of an hourglass. And is that like representing that at the top of the t- TVA that, uh, Ms. Minutes is kind of like in a leadership position. And that's why I say, like, could she be the mouthpiece for, you know, who's ever like the mastermind behind the TVA? I don't know. It, it looked a little symbolic to me jumping on top of the hourglass. Yeah, I, I could totally see that. I, I do think it would be like a big shock to most people if Miss Minutes was that, you know, high up or that important of a character instead of more than just like this mascot for the company. <laughs> I mean, they did hire Tara Strong to voice the character. Yeah. And she's a very well-known known voice actress. So, I mean, yeah. you could read into that, too. Well, I mean, if you look at the, you know, the credits, like, she's billed in the credits as Miss Minutes. Like, that's a main character in this. And, like, if you look at all, like, the past, like, posters, Miss Minutes has her own poster. She was showing up in the Loki poster before we knew anything about Miss Minutes. Like, this is a big character. Yeah, I think they have a Twitter handle that pretends to be Miss Minutes as well. Wow. Yeah. And if you type in hashtag TVA on Twitter, you actually get a Miss Minutes fucking picture, a little emoji next to <laughs> next to it. Mobius pulls up some other Loki variants on the screen. We see um we see what looks like a, a blue Loki in his natural frost giant look. Uh we get a variant Loki that's a cyclist that's one that tour the France. Um <laughs> we get like this beast looking Loki that looks like a mix of Loki and Hulk. Um, and this is where Mobius says, you know, there's all these different Lokis that they've been pruning. Uh, Lokis are kind of like one of the most notorious for like hopping through time, creating, trying to create Nexus events. And they've had to prune a lot of these Lokis. Um, and so uh, after this, the Minutemen use a reset charge at the tent and we see a bunch of locations pop up on the screen. Um, and, uh, one of the locations that we see is see here's the thing they're not the the sacred timeline these timekeepers and i'm putting those up in quotations they aren't just looking at earth's events this is all over um and if you look at the screen it says middle valir and so they're watching middle middle valir which is like infinity war that's where thor met Eitri, played by peter dinklage when Eitri forged stormbreaker so they're watching middle valir we also see sakar and sakar is the planet in thor ragnarok that you know is ruled by jeff Goldblum's grandmaster so it's not just limited to earth man they're fucking the tva they're always watching right always um, and so they're watching the entire universe. It looks like, uh, we then get the scene of Mobius in Ravana Renslayer's office. Uh, within her office, we see three statues of the timekeepers. It kind of like reminded me of like when she was in like, you know, the courtroom, uh, we saw the three timekeepers behind him, the heads. Now these are like full statues of the timekeepers. So you have Ast, Vorth and Xanth and Ast being dead center in the room, Vorth and Xanth are holding hourglasses. Um, mm. 
Yeah, yeah. The hourglass, like I said, it's it's front and center in the TVA logo in her in her chambers. Um, Ravana says, "You're not the only analyst working for me." And then we get a shot of the pen that says Franklin D. Roosevelt High School. And Mobius says, I don't recognize this. This must be from that analyst you keep on the side. And then there's these coaster stains on the table. And Mobius says he doesn't remember leaving them. So here's another theory. The other analyst Mobius has never had any contact with in the TVA. Mobius doesn't remember leaving these stains. Maybe Renslayer is confusing him with the other analyst because the other analyst is a Mobius variant. I like that. Mm. I, yeah, I, I think that everybody working for the TVA is either maybe a variant, a clone, or a robot. I like, I like, really. Oh, go ahead. ahead. I I was going to say, I like the variant theory and I like the robot theory. I like one more than the other and I'll get into that later. Lady Loki potentially being the hero and her wantonly killing all these TVA people makes it easier to accept her as a hero if these TVA people, you know, aren't really people. If they're robots, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or variants. That's true. True. Uh, I've, what about this pen? So this pen, like all these, we've got all these like objects in, in her room. It's, it's, you know, things taken from, you know, um, from other points in time and stuff like that, you know, and, Do you uh, remember what Peter Parker's high school was? Uh, it's definitely not Franklin D. Roosevelt <laughs> high school. Okay. Um, the only, <laughs> this is like the wildest theory that I fucking read was that, it was um, the high school of Molecule Man. <laughs> Whoa, okay. <laughs> I'm not even, dude, I am not even, I read this one on GamesRadar.com. They had how a Franklin D. Roosevelt high school pen could hint at a major Marvel villain in Loki. And they get down to, where is it? Molecule Man. Yeah. Because there is a Marvel comic book character that hails from Brooklyn, New York, and of whom we know even uh, know a little bit about his high school history that fits right into the entire Loki TVA world of timelines and multiverses, and his name is Molecule Man. They did it. <laughs> they cracked the code. <laughs> uh, Peter is Midtown High School, Joe. Ah, oh, there you go. For future trivia, if you need it. <laughs> uh, let's see here. So, uh... Yeah, here we go. This is my theory, Joe. And I'm going to get into it a little bit more later. If this is a, if this Mobius is a variant, that means that the entire TVA could be made up of variants from other timelines that have been pruned and have nowhere else to go. Yeah. I like that. I'll get back to that later. That's, I'm going to start there. I'm going to let, yeah. We'll let you marinate on that one for a little bit. And we'll, I will get back to that a little bit later. In the TVA itself, when Loki is trying to get files on the creation of the TVA and timekeepers, you see all the letters and numbers, um, that we saw on the elevator itself from episode one. We see like 2W1, LK3, and then there's, there's one that's 372, which, that could be an Easter egg for Thor 372, which was the first appearance of the Timekeepers. 
Uh, Loki reads a file on the destruction of, As- uh, of Asgard. Loki believes that the variant Loki is hiding in apocalypses because they don't pick up on variant energy. So that basically means that uh, you could have anything going on in these apocalyptic moments because the TVA isn't looking for variant energy at all because everything's going to be wiped out. And, you know, this is where he gives us that uh, theory. He shows Mobius and he takes Casey's Boku jo- juice box, which Boku, that juice box, that is a drink that was discontinued in the 90s. And also in the first episode and in this episode, we see another can of Josta soda, which was also discontinued in the 90s. I think that that has a I think that that's a big deal. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um then we get a the scene. It's like a de- Loki and Mobius are debating about the validity of their origins. Um, you know, basically, like you know, they, like which sounds more outlandish, like Asgardian North myth- mythology or the Timekeepers and the Sacred Timeline. And to me, the big difference here is that Loki has Loki's seen Asgard with his own two eyes. Like he's met Thor, Odin. The Rainbow Bridge, you know, Heimdall, he's seen it all. Mobius hasn't met the Timekeepers. He talks about how, you know, once the timeline is untangled and there are no Nexus events and the timeline ends, they'll all meet in peace at the end of time. And I keep thinking that this feels like, like a cult, like, you know, like Nexium, like Scientology, like where people, Heaven's Gate. Where people just follow and then they start doing bad things under orders, but the whole time they think they're doing what's right for the greater good of, you know, the sacred timeline in this case. And so I think, uh, I think especially if Mobius sees that there's another variant version of himself, it's just going to blow up. And honestly, I think that there are members of the TVA that are realizing that they, that this is, that it's bullshit. And I'm going to get to that here in a little bit. I cannot wait to get to these theories that I have. Um, <laughs> they go back, they go back, uh, they're trying to figure out like, where could, uh, this Loki be hiding, this variant Loki be hiding. And they remember the Kablooey gum and they remember it, they, they, they do some research. It was sold between the years 2047 and 2051 and they look at disasters that will happen within those years. And this takes them to a rocks cart grocery store, kind of like a, kind of like a Costco, you know, like, and it's in Haven Hills, Alabama. And that's going to, there's going to be, um, uh, what, what was it? Like a type hurricane. Yeah. And, um, rocks cart, of course, it's a nod to Roxon, uh, Roxon which is an energy company in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and we've seen Easter eggs in other movies for Roxon. We've seen them in Iron Man 2. I know there was a Roxon gas station in in another Marvel movie. I don't think that that is... I think that they're either saving Roxon for, like, something else later on. I don't think that that is a big part of this show. Uh, and I know people... Just a little nod. I think it's a nod. It... it and it may go down that road, like road later, but I think like you know they've been teasing this since Iron Man two. I don't think that they're in any hurry to like you know do anything with Ruxin right now. So I just think it's more Easter eggs. So um, we're inside 
Lady Loki jumps between different people. She jumps between a, a customer that is that is that is getting uh, half off azaleas, half off azaleas, <laughs> hurricane sale because it's a hurricane sale. So basically, that's telling us that like they get a fuck ton of hurricanes there because of like all the fucking pollution and shit um, uh, going on here in uh, 2050. So um, then she jumps from the customer to B15. Uh, Hunter B-15, then an employee at Ruxcart, uh, Randy, and then jumps from Randy over into that big guy that looks like, like, remember when Chris Hemsworth went Fat Thor? This looks like, this looks like Fat Star Lord. <laughs> so. I, I did not think that, but yeah, very much so. <laughs> he looked, he looked a little like Chris Pratt to me. Um, they find, uh, they then find Hunter C20, who says, we keep hearing her say, it's real, it's real, I want to go home. She says, I want to go home. I wanted to make sure that you guys went back and watched that scene again, because I didn't catch it the first time. Upon second watch, I heard her say, I want to go home. Did you guys hear that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then she says that she's told the, uh, you know, variant Loki, uh, the location of the timekeepers. So she's told female Loki the location of the timekeepers. I'm going to talk about what she meant by saying, it's real, it's real, I want to go home a little bit later when I get to my theories. Um, we then get, uh, Lady Loki who starts to bomb the sacred timeline. So where have all these bombs gone? Uh, we see in the TVA monitor room. So we start off in the monitor room, and then we go to Ravana Renslayer's screen. In the monitor room, nowhere. The, the nowhere. That's from Guardians of the Galaxy. The head of the Celestial from Guardians of the Galaxy. This might be when this this time period. We don't know like when in time this is sent back, but this might be when the Celestial was beheaded. And who knows, this guy could now be spared and intact after this reset charge. I don't think that that's what happened here. I'm going to get to what my real theory is on all this. But I'm just, I'm, I like to throw everything out there. I like to throw everything out there. Um, another location is Niflheim. That's the uh, Asgardian location where Hela was sent to. Uh, Barcelona, uh, Dartford, England. And then we get to Ravana Renslayer's screen. There's a bunch of them here. Uh, Fang Na in Vietnam, Lisbon, Portugal, uh, April 23rd, 2301, Vormir. This is where we saw the Soul Stone. So in the original trailer, and we see the woman with red hair talking to Loki. Could that be Black Widow now on Vormir as the Soul Stone Keeper? Keep in mind that it's the year 2301. She's been there for quite a long time by that, by that year. Yeah, it very well could be her. I remember us thinking it was weird that it would be Black Widow when we first noticed that. And now it's like it kind of seems like, well, fuck, maybe. It might be. It might be. I mean, you know, they had that big moment in the Avengers movie where he's talking about all the red on her ledger and all this stuff. Maybe they're going to have – maybe I think – honestly, I think a lot of the series has to do with growth of the character of Loki – and to see those two on screen together again, and they can kind of like, instead of like, you know, uh, going back and forth at each other and, you know, pointing fingers and, you know, saying all these things, maybe there's been some growth there between these two characters. And we can kind of see them, not, not literally, but kind of hug it out. You know what I mean? Does that make any sense or am I, am I crazy? 
No, I think that that sets up really well because, you know, it, it, it would... And also, you know, what if they have that trope to where it's, you know, it's not the real Black Widow, and if she is the guardian of this stone now, maybe it would almost be like one of those, you know, devices we've seen in stories before where they come back as like the all-knowing spirit, you know, and Loki's trying to get information out of her, and, and maybe she's going to be somewhat cryptic with him. Yeah, yeah, kind of like, uh, you know, uh, bumping into Red Skull there, you know, he, yeah. he definitely changed quite a bit. Yeah, and he knew more than he should have. Yeah, you know, yeah. because we, when referencing, you know, Clint's parents and, and Natasha's parents and other locations, Cookville, uh, USA, that's in Tennessee. Uh, Thornton, USA, um, I have no idea, and that was in the year fifteen fifty one. I have no idea. Um, uh, place in Colombia, uh, Purvu, Finland. Ego, the living planet, December 27th, 1382. So we know that Ego is basically like having sex with half of the fucking known universe. I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. Uh, October 13th, 1982, Titan. That's Thanos' home planet. So possibly the destruction of his home planet, which kind of like leads him on his quest for the rings. Uh, September 21st, 1947, New York. Jake, you said that that's the birth date of Stephen King. Stephen King. I mean, I mean, obviously it would be in like Maine if it was meant to be, but it, it's yeah. the exact year and exact day. I yeah. feel like that has to be a little bit more than a coincidence. Some people are saying it's like the day that you know Steve went back with Peggy. I don't know about that. Yeah, there was some major <laughs> outbreak during that day too. Like, um, I forget what it was. Like some like polio thing or some shit like that that people are talking about uh february 16th 2004 this is in asgard uh so this is eight years before the events of uh the first thor movie i don't know uh i saw some speculation that that was when uh, uh the snake incident happened <laughs> Oh, okay. Turn himself into a snake. Yeah. <laughs> and then he stabbed me a bunch of times. <laughs> we see, uh, was it October 3rd, 1390, Rome, Italy, August 13th, 1984, Sakar. So yeah, the, the Grand Masters planet there that we saw in Thor Ragnarok. March 1st, 1984, Tokyo, Japan. January 3rd, zero, uh, year 54 in Hala. And, uh, that's the Cree world. Uh, August 2nd, 1999, in Kingsport, and that's in Tennessee. Uh, September 24th, 1001, in Xandar, that's the home of the Nova Corps. We also see in the TVA, there's kind of like a ticker when they're running around the TVA, get trying to, I guess, intercept all these bombs. Uh, we see Portland and Jotunheim. Jotunheim is the home world of Loki, and Portland, I don't know. I've heard rumors that it might connect with the Polybius video game machine that we saw in the trailer, because the <laughs> crazy the the Polybius video game it actually never existed. It was it's it the game never really existed, and so I thought that that was cool that they threw it into the trailer, the first Loki trailer. But it actually, like, it was rumored to come out of Portland. Um, since then, people have actually made the game. You can actually find the cabinets. You can play the game. But it never really existed in the 80s, like people were saying, like, online. Like, do you remember the game Flibius? And then, like, 
people are like, yeah, I think I kind of remember Polybius. And like, it became like this huge thing, like this, <laughs> like this Mandela, this Mandela effect. If you want to watch a really great, um, uh, video about the video game Polybius, and that's spelled P-O-L-Y-B-I-U-S, uh, watch the Angry Video Game Nerd episode on Polybius. It's really good. Um, Okay, so we're getting all these reset charges sent to different times and locations. What I would love to see, and this is not what I think is going to happen, guys. I'm throwing out every possible theory, okay? This is what I would love to see is time reset charges being set to different locations where other Lokis have been pruned. So the same Lokis that we see on the screens at the TVA, but... They, these reset charges show up moments after the TVA show up with their charges to prune these Lokis, and they get pruned from the timeline, leaving these other Lokis to exist in a Nexus event and never really pruning the Nexus event to begin with. And I'm not even sure how or if that works, but I think that that's cool. I just want to see, like... The Loki on Sakaar. I remember the, on that list seeing that, that Hulk looking Loki, and I wonder if there's like a reality where <laughs> Loki was the arena champion during that time. But in all actuality, whatever happens on Sakaar takes place be- 23 years before the events of Thor Ragnarok, and um, it might suggest that uh, something uh, with one of the, uh, you know, we might see something with one of the past arena, cha- arena champions that we saw represented on the tower. Beta Ray Bill, there was Ares, Man Thing, Dark Crawler, and By Beast. So, isn't Man Thing a Nexus being? Uh, yes. In the comics, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's what I would love to see happen. What do I think is really going to happen? This is what I think is really happening here. I think all the members of the TVA are people that have been plucked out of these specific moments in time. This is going to reset the creation of the TVA. Remember, when the two Lokis were talking, and I do believe that they are two Lokis because she said, maybe you're more like me than I am you, even though she don't want to be called Loki, I still think that she is the variant of Loki. Why do I think that these TVA members have been plucked out of these moments in time and why they make up the TVA. Remember when Sasha Lane's character, Hunter C20 is found, she's saying it's real. It's real. I want to go home. She's talking about where she was from before she was taken out of her time. Also, I guys, I want you to remember Mobius has this odd obsession with jet skis. I feel like whoever he was before he lived near the ocean or a lake, he loved jet skis and he was plucked out of the 1990s. He could be from Kingsport, Tennessee, which was on the timeline as November 22nd, 1999. This is why he's drinking Josta Cola from the 90s. Casey doesn't know what fish are. So he might be from another planet altogether. And for all we know, Miss Minutes could be an alien life form from Sakaar or, or Titan. We don't know. And now she's forced to live in this body of an animated clock. I still think, <laughs> I still think, I still think Miss Minutes is the mouthpiece for whoever is behind this. But 
I also want you to remember that even Hunter C-15, when she comes out of it, she has this look of like shock and realization on her face. I think when they are, when they are imbued with this, this variant Loki, this female lady Loki that is, that is taking over their bodies, when they come out of it, they remember who they are. And I think they've all had flashes of who they are. And that's what she's saying. She's saying, it's real. It's real. I want to go home. She's remembering her past life, where she's from. But she's a variant, and she doesn't have a home now. This is going to create these Nexus events and restore her home, possibly. And then these Nexus events, they all branch out. Once this goes to the red... They can't stop it. Once it goes in the red, it's going to create other time streams. So these Nexus events can branch off and become other time streams. And I think that that's what's going to happen here. It's, it's going to, it could basically just destroy the TVA. And, and I think that's why we have her as the hero here because she's giving these people their lives back. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, like, because their original homes, they've been reset when they were plucked and then, you know, forced to work for the TVA. But now all these alternate timelines will create, you know, brand new, basically similar versions of their original home. Yes. And remember, Owen Wilson said that all Lokis have different powers. I think that old Loki, I still think there's old Loki. I think old Loki, played by Richard E. Grant, wiped their minds so if this happens and we have created a bunch of Lokis, uh, different, excuse me, Nexus events that branch off into new timelines, this could create new Lokis that we're going to see throughout the series. And all these Lokis have been kind of like brought into creation by this variant Lady Loki. And hold on, I'm not done with theories. I think one of these could be Kid Loki, who fans have been speculating will be played by child actor Jack Veal, who we know is in the show. Jack Veal, child actor, he's appeared in The End of the Fucking World, he was in The Favorite, and he was in uh, Call of the Midwife. They've cast this kid, he's not, we don't know who he's playing. It's funny that the people that we don't know who they're playing... So far, we're, you know, one for three. It's Sophia Diamartino playing Lady Loki. Uh, Richard E. Grant, I think, is going to be old man Loki. And then I think Jack Veal is going to be playing young Loki. Now, in the comics, Kid Loki met the Young Avengers, who were made up of Wiccan, Hulkling, Marvel Boy, America Chavez, Kate Bishop, and Prodigy. And we know that Phase four has so far introduced or will introduce all but I think at least three of these characters, those three being Hulkling, Marvel Boy and Prodigy. And we could still get them in future movies. And even Marvel Boy could pop like possibly pop up in um, the Captain Marvel sequel. It's called the Marvels. So there's a good chance that he could pop up there. Um, I think by the end of this series, this is my ultimate theory. I think by the end of this series, we'll see old Loki played by Richard E. Grant. He's going to be the one behind the TVA. Loki, who's always wanted to rule and, you know, have a kingdom and rule, uh, take the throne, is going to see 
this older and in his mind pathetic version of himself as a ruler and what he's done to get there. And I believe we'll also see a kid Loki who Tom Hiddleston will pass the torch to in the MCU telling him that Loki's need to stay unpredictable. And he's always wanted the same thing to take over the throne, to rule the universe. And he's going to tell this young Loki, don't make the same mistakes I did. And he's going to say, find your own glorious purpose. This whole phase four, man, if you look at it, it all looks like it's, it's legacy. I mean, look at the shows and movies that are coming out now. Legacy as far as like WandaVision, we've got, you know, uh, Billy and Tommy, uh, and then in, uh, Shang-Chi, it's all about Shang-Chi is like, you know, going against his father in that movie, uh, Black Widow. And they might be, p- uh, passing the torch of the Black Widow to, um, uh, uh, Yelena Belova, who, uh, played by, uh, Florence Pugh. Um, you look at the Eternals and you think about legacy there, the legacy that they created, like each one of them is different and it looks like they've affected like different civilizations throughout time that's their legacy um oh god i'm trying to think of some of some of the other shows um and movies that deal with this but um that, that those are those are the examples that i have off the top of my head so how do we get this kid lady uh, how do we get kid loki in the mcu I don't know. I, I don't know if there, if you can only have like one in a certain timeline at a certain time or something. I, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, but it's probably, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know about that because we've got, t- we've got two, to- two Lokis right now hanging out together somewhere at the end of this episode. They run off together. So I don't know why Tom Hiddleston's, I think Tom Hiddleston's Loki will still be around. I think he'll be doing other things. But I think it, I think he's gonna leave, uh, I think this Kid Loki will show up, I think it'll be played by Jack Veal, and I think he's gonna pass the torch to Kid Loki, and we're gonna see this kid join up with like, the Young Avengers later, I mean, I mean, they've set the Young Avengers up. They've all but fucking put together the team, Jake. Yeah, that's really cool. And I, I think that's like really cool, like symmetry, like having Kid Loki be there for like the first Young Avengers appearance, just like Loki himself was there for yeah. the first, you know, Avengers get together. Yeah. 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 I, I as, like that symmetry. That's good. Well, and I mean, we're going to get to see all the Lokis. We're going to get to see Loki. The, the Loki that we're dealing with now is going to be able to see like an older version of himself and like what he would have became. And he's also going to have regret and he's going to, He's basically going to, you know, tell this younger kid, like, go out there and make your own destiny. Don't don't make the mistakes I did. You know, stay on. We'll get Crow Loki, too. (laughs) Jake, I don't know. They'll probably get a bunch of Lokis, dude. We're going to get a shit fuck ton of Lokis, man. We're going to get a one crow shows up in this series. Fans are going to be like, that was Crow Loki. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Joe, I know you had some uh, you had. Oh, but I think like. Basically, I think like, um, um, if anything, bombing all these different, uh, places. And I think I've heard the rumor that it's, um, 42 different bombs, 42 different locations. And like that goes to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, <laughs> number 42. But, um, uh, at the, you know, this might all just be to get like all the TVA agents out of the headquarters that way, 
you know, Lady Loki can go after, you know, the timekeepers or whoever is really all behind this. And, um, when you drop reset charges into these specific areas with, with no variant, it doesn't prune a Nexus event, but it's going to create one. Do you see how, do you see the logic there? Yeah. There's nothing, if there's, I mean, and it goes against everything the timekeepers are saying. Like they, they, like these reset charges are there to prune the Nexus event. If there's no variant there, no, there's nothing to prune. It's actually gonna, it's actually going to create a Nexus event as opposed to pruning a Nexus event, which I think is kind of cool. I love the way they did that whole sequence too. How a little yeah. door opened up under every one of them yeah. and just dropped out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole thing was set up very, very well. It was really cool. Yeah, man. She fucking, she fucking like worked for the Geek Squad setting that shit up. <laughs> <laughs> she was in the right store, right? She would walk around and find everything she needed. So I, I do, I think, I think. I think that this is all leading up to basically exposing the TVA, finding out that an older Loki is running the TVA. Our Loki's going to see his future, won't like it at all, and then he's going to pass the mantle onto the pa- uh, onto a younger Loki. And I think Jack Veal, I think Jack Veal has been cast in the series. We don't know as who, but I think that's going to be I think that's going to be Kid Loki. I think that, and I think that this is going to be another series, another movie that deals with the, with legacy in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think that's very yeah. cool. I think you're dead on with the casting. It's, they can't come out and just tell you this person is playing these other versions of Loki because that's just such a spoiler. And I, they seem a little bit, like if it's just another character, they'll tell you that kind of thing. Just like we know who's playing Kang. Like they tell us who, who's playing other characters, but they don't want to tell us that alternate reality you know, versions of these characters are going to be showing up in the series. Right. So I, I think yeah. you're right. I think all all three of these actors are forms of Loki, and there's it's obvious why they wouldn't just tell us those casting decisions before we saw that happen. Yeah, yeah. Joe, I know you Feige, had. Some, oh, go ahead, Neil. Didn't Feige say something about how this show was going to impact the MCU more than any other show? Oh yeah, he had a he had a quote about that. Absolutely, I think it was with his uh, interview with Vanity Fair or Variety. I can't remember. Yeah, so it, by doing all these these next event Nexus event bombs, that's like creating this multiverse, right? And so is that what's going to lead into the multiverse of madness? Is that what we're thinking? 100%. And I, well, I think that Wanda is going to be creating her own nexus events when she's traveling through the multiverse to, to find, yeah, Billy and Tommy. So yeah, yeah. Feige's quote was Loki, Loki is by far the biggest Disney plus show that's going to have a huge impact on the MCU going forward. Loki will be crazier than WandaVision, and the audience are going to have a pure cinematic experience, is what he said. Okay. Yeah. Joe, I know you had some theories, man. Yeah, I, I mean, nothing, nothing quite as sprawling as yours. I, I really like that with, with the other actors in the in the different ages of, of Loki and stuff. I, I think that does hold a lot of weight. Um, my, mine centers more with the timekeepers. And I mean, you, you see these like statues and iconography of them everywhere in the TVA, but it seems like maybe only one person, you know, the that judge has actually even seen them. 
And so it just has me speculating that maybe they don't even exist. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's why there's so many different statues. And it's just part of the story that these people can believe that, oh, there's these three great beings that are really doing it, everything. But it's just more, you know, that's part of the Wizard of Oz gig that I think is going on at the TVA. And they're just part of, you know, that's just the big scary facade that they're, they're putting out. And I like the idea that it's either, you know, Miss Minutes has something more nefarious with it or that it could be an older Loki that, you know, succeeded in a plan. Because, you know, we already see this Loki saying, you know, I I, I want to supplant the timekeepers and take over. And yeah. then Lady Loki's yeah. like, yeah, I have no interest in that because I think she already knows what's really going on. Yep. And, and, dude, that really fits your theory then really nicely then, too. Yeah. Because she's saying, I don't want to do that. I've already seen what happens when a Loki does that. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got to stop that from happening. Or, you know, we had some other speculation going at one point that Kang, that Kang the Conqueror was behind all of this. Yeah. And, I, I know Renslayer's in this, but I don't think this – I don't think that this is Kang. I don't think that we're – I don't – this could open doors for Kang – I mean, we know that Kang is, is a, you know, like from the future. And, you know, if there's nobody like pruning these timelines and time just goes crazy, I mean, this could open up Kang. We could, you know, we know that Kang's going to be in Quantum Mania, the Ant Man and the Wasp, the, the third entry in that franchise and the Ant Man franchise. I think that that's going to deal more with the quantum realm. And I don't think we're in the quantum realm with this series and I still think that everyone has free will I think the only free will that's been taken away has been from these TVA employees that's why Sasha Lane you know when C uh, C20 is saying she's saying I you know uh, uh, I want to go home what, what what was the other thing she, it's real it's real I want to go home she's she's not talking about like the timekeepers being real She's, she's saying it's real. Her past life is real. All these like visions that, that she's had probably that have like been trying to seep through. It's real. It's real. I want to go home. She wants to go back to where she's from. And like, I think that this is like, this explains Mobius's odd obsession with these jet skis that like he fucking, he's, he's, he comes Hmm. from the nineties. He was plucked out of the nineties. This guy probably lived near a lake or an ocean and that's what he fucking loved to do. Is, hey, do, you, do you think that these TVA agents are all being reset, like mentally, maybe? Yeah, I at think at some point in time, like they they find out too much, they get reset. Definitely, that definitely could be what's going on. Like, okay, you you need to. I mean, and that that could be where Miss Minutes comes in. Yeah, and one of the other things I've been tripping out on is, you know, what makes the sacred timeline sacred? Um, you know, that means that there's events in it that happen on this timeline that don't happen in any other. And the first one of those that comes to mind is Dr. Strange in Infinity War saying that he looked at, you know, 14 million futures and this is the only one right. where we beat Thanos. Yeah. So is the event in, and the TVA said that the Avengers were supposed to go back in time to stop Thanos. And so is this, the Avengers stopping Thanos what makes this timeline so special? And if that's the case... Why did the big bad behind the TVA need Thanos out of the way and need the Avengers to do it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I kind of alluded to that last episode that I thought, like, this person kind of was like, yeah, let's get Thanos out of the way, too. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. 
You know, that's why I'm not going to intervene here. I'm not going to intervene with Captain America because if you intervene with Captain America, then you've got the Avengers on your ass. I, I, I need to control these. I need to control these Lokis. These Lokis are a problem. <laughs> Every single one of them is just like naturally mischievous. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, you know, this the, if it is an older Loki, man, he, this older Loki's got a pretty damn good gig, man. He's got, like, he's basically created his own cult, and he's got his own, he's, we've got a Loki that finally, you know, has the throne that is worshipped, but on the flip side, it's doing it in such a, of course, they're gonna, this if it's a Loki, he's going to be doing it in a mischievous and way to trick everyone. And I, you know, I think, I think in the next episode, I wonder if we are going to get any scenes of the TVA in the next episode. Could it just be, or could it, could it all be, could it all be, could we, uh, Jake, here's the thing. Next episode, is it going to be all TVA or is it going to be all, I, I have a feeling like we're going to get one or the other. It's going to be either all TVA or it's going to be all Lady Loki and Loki doing shenanigans. <laughs> I agree with that theory. I, I lean towards all Loki and Lady Loki. I do too, because I think if we start talking to, I think if they start talking to C15, Hunter C15 and Hunter C20, we're going to get to hear them start talking about how they think that, you know, definitely they're going to want to come out and talk to somebody. They might have a talk with each other because if they tell anybody within the TVA, they're targets at that point. Correct. Just from a, a storytelling narrative, it doesn't make sense to do the all TVA episode yet. I think either that, if they do that, it's going to be used to fill us in on information we don't know yet, or it's yeah. going to be done right after we're filled in on information we didn't know yet. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I, I have a feeling that that's not not quite yet. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to learn a lot from Lady Loki in this next episode if that's if that's the direction that that they go. I. I, I, I want to see more. I mean, I love the interaction that they had in this episode, but man, I want to see. <laughs> I really want to see these two. Um, want to hear some weird trivia from this last episode? Yeah. Um, when they're in the Renaissance Fair, one thing I've really liked about both episodes is I, I think the music is just really like different than anything we've heard in Marvel. But there's actually a mask. Oh man, I'm eating my shoe. I'm talking uh, original score. Um, but there's another moment in the episode that is seemingly original score, but is not original score. And it's when they're in the uh, Renaissance Fair. The music is actually straight up the music from the Sims medieval expansion pack. It's that music. It's it's not a reproduction of the theme. It is like if you go on Spotify and go to the fucking Sims original soundtrack and click the medieval track. It is that track, like just ripped off the Sims and put into the episode. Hmm. Um, so I don't know if that has any metaphorical meaning. You yeah. know, you could easily just make the leap that you know the Sims is about you know you you basically are a god controlling the fate of these people and whether or not they have a ladder to get out of the pool or they drown or not. You know, yeah, you could easily yeah. see how those kind of metaphors could fit into what's potentially going on here in Loki with the uh, timekeepers and all that kind of shit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Basically like kind of like, uh, you know, the timekeepers are looking at us like we're, we're an ant farm or something. So, yeah, exactly. So I just thought that was an odd musical choice and it can't be just, it can't be just, it's not a great piece of music. It's not like, Oh, this piece is so awesome. Let's yeah. So, but, but it was used for a specific reason to, you know, kind of like an, yeah, it was used for a specific reason to to tell a message if you read deeper into it. 
yeah, yeah. So I just thought that was a really interesting musical choice. Yeah, that's cool. I did not know that. Yeah. I think I played The Sims. I think I played it on the Nintendo 64 or something like that years ago. Yeah, this is from like one of their like their ninth expansion or some shit like that. You know, you know they yeah. don't make new video game sequels anymore. They just release one game, and then every four months they release more downloadable content for it. And this is like the Sims Medieval expansion. It's like their Renaissance Fair music, but Jesus it is Christ. the exact track. Like, those, Sim- those Sims games are a fucking time suck, man. Oh, for sure. Jesus for sure. Christ, I, I couldn't do it. Yeah, I, I I played it for a couple days, and I'm just like, man, I I got to step away from this shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is just too time consuming. There's no way. And just like all the sim games, I just want to make fucked up shit happen. You know, I want to make the earthquake happen. And the yeah. Fucking... <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, He's a mischievous god. <laughs> mischievous scam. Uh, fund uh, right at the very beginning, man. What's that, Neil? Oh, there was a cheat code uh, in original Sim City where you hit caps lock and type F-U-N-D and it gave you a fuck ton of money hmm. but it, there was a big earthquake every time you did it so you, you do it right at the very beginning of the game and that way none of your buildings get destroyed <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think we were going to get Sim's uh, Easter egg tips here on this episode but here we are <laughs> Do you think? Do you think that this show, like you know, Rick and Morty, was so popular that Szechuan Sauce episode was so popular that they they brought it back for a limited time? Do you think that you think that they could bring back Justicola? Yes, I think that's if this show is insanely popular and maybe they show it in like one more fucking scene. I could, if anything, I could see it being Marvel and Loki themselves that like kind of bring it back as like an online limited to like five thousand cans type of thing. Did you did you try to get? I did, man. I tried. I tried to get I one did, of those. I did, and I failed. The Loki Lucky Charms, man. I was on there the time that it dropped, and I could not get in to order it. And if you go to eBay, dude, scalpers. Like, not, what do you call them? What do you call those people that that's, fuck? That's what you, you, you call them correctly. They are yeah. fucking scalpers. I mean, th- dude, they fucking, you could buy like from like one seller. They had like, you know, 10 boxes or 15 boxes. And I'm like, how is this even possible? And it's like, they have people all just sitting at their computers snagging these up. And it's, it's fucked up. They get a cut and then they start selling. It's bullshit, man. I hate the way that this works. I hate the yeah. way... Oh, that's a whole topic that just makes me want to punch myself. They're, yeah. like, ruining the collectible card game industry, too, by, like, buying all that product up. Like, it, you can't even buy that shit in the stores now. Yeah. People are getting, like, knived and held to gunpoint I'm, for I'm just Pokemon cards. Dude, I just want... You know, I wanted... All I wanted was a Loki... Box of Loki Lucky Charms to, you know... You know, put on a on a display shelf or something like that, and uh, you know they're selling them for like five bucks, which is reasonable. And then they're sold out. You can't get to the page. It's it's it just keeps refreshing, and every time you try to buy it, you can't buy it. And then you go to fucking eBay, and people are selling them for ninety bucks a box, and it's like fuck you. It's yeah, terrible. So the majority of people that got it aren't even fans of the property. They're just fans of fucking stuffing their pocket with money by using yeah. bots and other people to buy this shit up it's extremely frustrating um yeah i've seen a lot of content creators on like twitch and all those kind of things that have been getting free boxes of it sent to them from marvel studios and i'm always like fuck you yeah (laughs) hey brian would you have eaten it first before you put in your display box no i wouldn't have it's 
I probably would. I wouldn't have never opened you it. You might as well. I, it's gonna. I, I think it's safer to eat it. It's like I. It's like when you collect soda cans with stuff in it. You might as well drink the soda because the soda will eventually evaporate the can from the inside out. Yeah. So I, I saved all. I had all the episode one cans, like every single variant of episode one can. And when I went back to them, like ten years later, they'd all turned into like raisins. I I remember <laughs> watching an episode of Comic Book Men, you know, with Walt Flanagan, Ming Chen, Mike Zapsik, and Brian Johnson, and they uh, they had somebody bring in an old box of 1989 Batman cereal. Was that okay? And. Uh, it was like, you know, like we're talking like a, you know, nearly 30 year old box, if not 30 years old. <laughs> and fucking they had, they opened it up and Ming Chen ate some. So. Oh. <laughs> oh, there's so many preservatives oh. in that shit. It doesn't matter. That's true. Those Lucky Charms marshmallows already taste like they're 30 years old. Yeah. Have you, have you, <laughs> have you, no shit, man. Uh, have you seen, have you seen the pictures of like, uh, when they leave the, McDonald's food sitting out. Yes, and oh, yeah. that's so gross. It'll be like Lunch a year. It. Yeah, it'll be like a year later, and it looks perfectly preserved. There's so much salt and preservatives in the in the food. Sugar. Yeah, Ugh. yeah, yeah. Guys, that's all I got for Loki. <laughs> that's all we got for Loki episode two, uh, titled "The Variant." Um, but uh, yeah, I man, I'm loving this show, and uh, you know what, Jake, I'm not gonna. I, if none of the theories come true, I'm not going to let it affect my enjoyment of the show. I don't think that the show is so overt with teasing things to, like like I felt like they did in WandaVision with all the Mephisto Easter eggs and, and all that stuff. I think that that was a troll, man. I do, and I will stick with that. Oh, for sure. I, yeah. I think by Ralph Boner, it becomes painfully obvious that it, that it wasn't... <laughs> Like there's no denying level yeah. control going on. Yeah, <laughs> but I I don't I don't feel it. I don't feel that this show is doing that. I feel like this show could end up any way, and I'll still I'll still be satisfied. Um, it doesn't have to go the way that I'm saying it's going. It's just. Um, which which I think is different than 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 WandaVision. So oh, totally, yeah. I, I agree. Everything is happening here for a purpose. It's not like we're seeing Grim Reaper's helmet in the opening, right? Whatever. Thank you. <laughs> yes, that's a, never, that's no. another one that pissed me off. <laughs> I, I don't think that was just the writing style going on there. I honestly think WandaVision kind of was a little bit doing the lost thing where they were just throwing as much bullshit to the wall as possible, but no intention of ever actually like <laughs> figuring out Hang how to up. unravel any of it. Yeah. yeah. I still loved WandaVision though. I still loved it. It didn't take yeah. away anything, but I'm not going to, dude, a troll is a troll. <laughs> a troll is a troll. And that was a troll. <laughs> No, yeah, I agree. I agree. I I love how Marvel's kind of really brought back the excitement of the week to week, you know, water fountain talk event television. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh man, if I was if I could have watched episode three the second after episode two ended, I I would have, and that's kind of how I knew it was just another Tupperware. So like, I could have just sat right there for another hour. All these shows are moving to to Wednesdays now. They're still going to keep the Friday release for the new movies, is what they're saying. But like all the shows, and I'm thinking. Now with this announcement, we're probably going to get Mandalorian Wednesdays. Yeah. Yes, Sweet. I agree. 
I agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they don't want to detract from their box office. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Even if it's not another Star Wars or Marvel property, Disney has so much going on that, I mean, almost every week <laughs> of the year, they're going to, you know, be fighting against their own movies. And yeah. now they have, two, they have like two years to catch up on, basically, of releases, because all the stuff that was supposed to come out last year has to come out this year. Now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Doctor Strange just kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed. <laughs> yeah. All right. Any final thoughts on uh, Loki episode two, guys? Ah, I can't. I can't wait till next week. And I, I think you're spot on, thinking it might be a very Loki centric episode next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I was surprised that uh, his betrayal came so quickly. You know, within two episodes. But then I realized, uh, oh yeah, it's only fucking six episodes total. Right. So that makes sense why it, the the pace is is kind of uh, accelerated compared to what I was like what it kind of felt like it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I actually kind of appreciate that because it is moving the story along really quickly. And it seems like they know exactly the story they want to tell. And they're just getting to each point within a reasonable amount of time. I wait, what, just wait until fans turn on this show for the most fickle reason. <laughs> when we get an episode, that's only like 44 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't matter it doesn't matter the quality of the episode it's because we don't get those extra 10 minutes that we're going to fucking p- see people bitching about it online always christ yeah i love the episode i just wish you would have I, I just wish you would give me 10 more minutes fuck off i swear, fuck off. I swear. <laughs> let them tell their Man's fucking the fucking worst totally 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 <laughs> guys we'll be, i don't know if we're doing a bonus episode for loki episode three it just might go this way for the whole series jake i don't know <laughs> i don't know i have a feeling it might be four more bonus episodes it might be four more bonus episodes guys but yeah we'll be back next week for episode three cannot wait for episode oh i did want to read yes i did have uh there was uh quotes about episode three here um, from Dark Horizons, uh, it says, while the Falcon and Winter Soldier generated very little buzz online, Marvel Studios Loki has suffered no such fate. Instead, this Doctor Who meets Buddy Cop formula in the MCU mashup has sparked online discussion to the almost, to almost the same levels as WandaVision did early in its run. It also appears to be finding both its creative footing and a widespread appreciation at a faster rate. Speaking to comic book movie, recently the show's head writer, Michael Waldron discussed the ending of the second episode and promises what comes next will be crazier. It will also explain the, ooh, okay, it will also explain the identity of the female Loki variant very soon. Quote, if you're excited by the end of the episode two, buckle up. Things are going to just get crazier from there on out. As for their identity, I think that depends. I think maybe some people might know them. Some people might not. In any case, it will all become clear very shortly. So, yeah, uh, it goes on to say actress Sofia DiMartino appears to be Lady Loki, though speculation of her potentially being Enchantress has fired up online via uh, Inverse due to the Castilian language version of the second episode's credits and some eagle-eyed uh, eagle-eyed framers have figured out the character's name is Sylvie Laufendoter. 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 Yes. Um, so yeah, uh, I think it's just. Laufie I think it's Laufendoter. Daughter. I think it's a an amalgamation of Lady Loki and 
and the Sylvie character. I don't, I, I don't know if it's going to go any farther than that. Well, she, you know, she's got yeah. the female version of Loki's last name because when Loki in episode one yeah, was Laufey brought up son, to the yeah. court, Laufey's son. Yeah. Another wild theory that I had was that we, we're going to, we're going to see the old Loki and the old Loki had created a, taken a variant and imbued it with like some of his essence or something. And it's his daughter. And of course, like what do daughters do in some of these <laughs> stories, you know, and you know, they go up against rebel. what, yeah, they rebel against their father. We've seen that in a lot of stuff. So I was thinking like, ah, oh, you know, it's a crazier theory that I didn't bring up earlier, but something I'd thought about, especially with her being called Sylvie Laufey, Laufey daughter. So yeah, it might be. My... I really hope that the character is not the Enchantress. I, I think that's one of my favorite Avengers villains, and I really want that character to get their own like due diligence in future Marvel products. So, wow, you sound like Mandarin fans, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> all right, oh boy, that's all we got. We'll be back next week with episode three. Probably going to be a bonus episode. So, all right, see you then.